Father in heaven, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for July 12th. We ask you to be with us in everywhere we do and everything we do. Please give us success, Lord, today. Restore us, Lord God, into a great new kindness, that awareness of your word, Lord. Restore us. Renew our minds and our souls. Thank you for the reading of your word, Lord, as it is called today. We give you the glory and the honor of Jesus' name. Amen. Would you like to start? No, hard one. First Chronicles twelve nineteen to fourteen seventeen. Some men from Anash defected from the Israelite army and joined David when he set out with the Philistines to fight against Saul. But as it turned out, the Philistine rulers refused to let David and his men go with them. After much discussion, they sent back. They sent them back for for they said. It will cost us our heads if David switches loyalties to Saul and turns against us. Here's a list of the men from Manasseh who defected to David as he was returning to Ziglag. Adna, Josabad, Jediel, Jediel, Michael, Jazabad, Elihu, and Zilatai. Each commanded a thousand troops from the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David chase down bands of raiders, for they were all brave and able warriors who became commanders in his army. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army like the army of God. These are the numbers of armed warriors who joined David at Hebron. They were all eager to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord had promised. From the tribe of Judah there were 6,800 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Simeon there were 7,100 brave warriors. From the tribe of Levi there were 4,600 warriors. This included Jehoiada, leader of the family, and Aaron who had 3,700 under his command. This also included Zadok, a brave young warrior with 22 members of his family who were all officers. From the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's relative, there were 3,000 warriors. Most of the men from Benjamin had remained loyal to Saul until this time. From the tribe of Ephraim, there were 20,800 brave warriors, each highly respected in his own clan. From the half-tribe of Manesh, west of the Jordan, 18,000 men were uh, designated. Were designated by name to help David become king. From the tribe of Ishakar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe of, I- of Ishakar. There were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives all these men understood the signs of the times oh okay um and knew the best course for israel to take from the tribe of zebulon they were there were 50,000 skilled workers and they were fully armed and prepared for battle and completely loyal to david from the tribe of naphtali there were a thousand officers and 37,000 warriors armed with shields and spears from the tribe of Dan, there were 28,600 warriors, all prepared for battle. 
From the tribe of Asher there were 40,000 trained warriors, all prepared for battle. From the east side of the Jordan where the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh lived, there were 120,000 troops armed with every kind of weapon. All these men came to battle, came in battle. All these men came in battle array to Hebron with the single purpose of making David the new king over all Israel. In fact, everyone in Israel agreed that David should be their king. They feasted and drank with David for three days for preparations had been made by their relatives for their arrival. And people from as far, far as Ishakar, Zebulon, and Naphtali brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen. Vast supplies of flour, fig cakes, clusters of raisins, wine, olive oil, cattle, sheep, and goats were brought to the celebration. There was great joy throughout the land of Israel. David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows, If you approve, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It's time to bring back the Ark of God, but we, ne we neglected it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to this, for the people could see it was the right thing to do. So David summoned all of Israel from the Shehor Brook of Egypt in the south all the way to the town of Lebo Hamath in the north to join in bringing ar the Ark of the God from Kiriath-Jerim. Then David and all of Israel went to Baalah of Judah, also called Kiriath-Jerim, to bring back the Ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord, who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abnadab's house. Huzah and Ahio were guiding the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nako, Nako Nakon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hands on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. David was so angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah, he named the place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was now afraid of God. And he asked, How can I ever bring the Ark of the Covenant back into my care? So David did not move the Ark into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The Ark of the Covenant remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. Then King Hiram of Tyre sent messages, messengers to David along with the cedar timber and stone masons and the carpenters to build him a palace. 
And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had greatly blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Then David married more wives in Jerusalem, and they had more sons and daughters. And these are the names of David's sons who were born in Jerusalem. Shamua, Shobah, Nathan, Solomon, Ibar, Elishua, Elipet, Noga, Nepeg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Elepilet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, and so he marched out to meet them. The Philistines arrived and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. So David asked God, Should I go out and fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, Yes, go ahead, I will hand them over to you. So David and his troops went up to Baal Prism and defeated the Philistines there. God did it, David exclaimed. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Amen. Got a breakthrough. So they named that place Baal Perism, which means the Lord who burst through. The Philistine had a Philistines had abandoned their gods there, so David gave orders to burn them. But after a while, the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. And once again, David asked God what to do. To do, a, do not attack them straight on, God replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like a marching feet of the tops of the poplar trees, go out and attack. That will be the signal that God is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what God commanded and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread everywhere and the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. Amen. Okay, let me read the study real quick. It says in First uh, Chronicles 13, 10-14, Uzzah died instantly after for touching the ark, but God blessed Obed-Edom's home while the ark resided there. Both men were caring for the ark, so how could there be such opposite results? These two events demonstrate two aspects of God's character. He's perfectly just and perfectly loving. Great blessings come to those who obey God's commands, but severe punishment come to those who disobey Him. For those who cherish sin in their lives, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10.31 For those who do away with sin, times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 3.20 Sometimes we focus only on the blessings God gives us, get too comfortable, and ignore His righteous justice. At other times, however, we concentrate so much on judgment that we miss the blessings. Don't fall into a one-sided view of God. Along with God's blessings comes the responsibility of living with Him, respecting His justice and cherishing His love. Amen. Amen. What an amazing, incredible uh, reading. And this is uh, going again, uh, I believe it's uh, Chronicles is going through over over the history that happened over again. Kings, huh? Kings, yeah. We read some of this stuff already. Yeah, uh, it's going fast. It's amazing how the people started to defect already and come over. 
uh, I like it when they say uh, all these men of Ishakar, 200 leaders of the tribes mm -hmm. and their relatives, all these men understood the signs of the times uh -huh. and knew the best course for Israel to take. Yeah, I always hear that scripture. I wonder where it was, and here, here it is, showed up. Well, Jesus says it too. Mm -hmm. You know, it tells you don't know the signs of the times. And they had, you know, sometimes it just boggles the imagination. All these men came in battle array in Hebron to Hebron with the single purpose of making King David king. In fact, everyone in Israel agreed that David should be the king. They feasted and drank with David for three days for preparation had been made by the relatives for their arrival. So the, so the, the relatives had an incredible amount of resources to uh, provide for these thousands and thousands and thousands of people. How do you house 120,000 from and 40,000 and 28,000? Wow. How do you house all these million, you know? Um, but they did. And then the other people got in it, man. They, you know, they, they knew how to prosper. You know, they had no problem with donkeys, camels, mules, oxen, vast supplies of flour, fig clays, clusters, and ra raising wine, olive oil, cattle, sheep, goats. Just an abundance. There was great joy throughout the land of Israel. And the beauty of it is when you serve, you get joy. Mm -hmm. You serve others, you get joy. So these people were, it was a great time in Israel. And it's amazing how big Philistine was too to come, you know, to uh, how huge Philistine must have been the army to come over and try to pick a fight with an incredible nation such as uh, having so many people and then they beat them up and then again they come back it's amazing how David was so courageous he met them head on mm -hmm. you know he went out there I like the place where it says and David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel, mm -hmm. and he did that when Tyre started. He goes, I'm going to build you a home. I brought the timber, I brought the stone, and the cart to build you a palace. That time they called it palace. Realized that the Lord had, in other words, he had arrived. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to get a custom home made. Amen. Okay, let me read Romans okay. chapter 1. Mm-hmm. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son and his early life. He was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. So they will believe and obey Him, bringing glory to His name. And you are included among the Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be His own holy people. 
May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in Him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God whom I serve with all my heart my, by spreading the good news about His Son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by you, by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned... Many times to visit you, but I, w but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from the start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Amen. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now, Romans 1.1 in today's study says, Paul humbly calls himself a slave of Christ Jesus and an apostle for one who is sent. For a Roman citizen like Paul, choosing to be a slave was unthinkable. But Paul chose to depend on and obey his, his beloved master. And is Christ your master? For citizenship in free countries around the world, the idea of being slaves to anything seems irrational. But Paul's Example challenge us to rethink our priorities. What does it mean for you to be a slave for Christ Jesus? Are you uncomfortable with such strong language? Don't let your own freedom be a stumbling block to the following Jesus. Amen. Uh, the enthusiasm of Paul and the Romans... It seems like this is a time when he left the area. He went back to Jerusalem after they tried him once and they let him go because he, uh, he claims, I want to go back to Rome and be with you. You know, it wasn't just one visit. He came and stood. No, he, he traveled back and forth. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. so like what, mm -hmm. What'd you get? Just the you know the famous scripture there. That's well, it says over here in the beginning. It does say that um, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey Him, bringing glory to His name. Um, then, uh, you know, scripture, for I'm not ashamed 
of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Amen. Amen. You know, it's it just dawned on me that you know, faith, You when you say faith, he introduces a third party. Because mm. we always have, we have love, we have our senses, and we have our, the, 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 uh, uh, the desire to, uh, and the gratitude to being called into the kingdom of God. In other words, it's already there. And when they use the word faith, we stop and we try to analyze it and so forth. But it's already there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a force of believing Amen. you know we're already uh it's an action force believing we believed so you know in the past i go well how do you get more faith more of this well if you read more you'll get more belief and it just it just propels itself forward your faith increases mm -hmm. so it's not all that hard to uh to understand that it's there we have faith in everything have faith in uh call the taxi we know the taxi is going to come why because we called them we have to have the same kind of faith that that God is is answering our prayers, you know, and it's Satan's trickery is to keep us from mm -hmm. okay. getting peace. Okay, I'll read Psalm chapter nine here, verse thirteen to twenty. It says, "Thank God for the promise of His justice, which humbles the defiant and gives hope to the needy. Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me." Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates so I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. Their own feet have been caught in the trap they set. The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked are trapped by their own deeds. The wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all the nations who ignore God. But the needy will not be ignored forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Arise, O Lord, do not let mere mortals defy you. Judge the nations, make them tremble in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know they're merely human. Amen. Proverbs 19:45 says, Wealth makes many friends, poverty drives them all away. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of the word. <laughs> Greetings, family, and welcome to today's reading. We're going to be reading Proverbs 11. And then Psalms 11 and so forth and so on. Let's go ahead and pray and get our day started with the word of God, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for introducing us to your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for enlightening us and making us your children, Lord. Let us act according, Lord. We bless our enemies. We bless our our family members, we bless all the ones, Lord, and we bless ourselves. We May we say, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his counts on you and smile and keep you. Amen. We want to get good at blessing ourselves too so that we can continue to bless others. Sounds logical to me, don't you? <clears throat> Proverbs 11, reading from the New King James Bible. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. So God has ordained the earth and all the elements that if we move this way, we'll get this. If we move that way, we'll get that. So if we move with humbleness, I was just reading yesterday in Micah 6.8 where it says, This is what the Lord requires of you. That you, look, that, you, that you do what is right. That you love mercy. And you walk humbly with thy God. This is what the Lord requires of us. And I always have a problem with the last one. Walking humbly with God. What happens when we get a paycheck? What happens when we get a good paying job and it's provided for our, our needs? Yep, you know what I mean. But we have a powerful job. What happens to us? When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. One of the beauties about getting on our knees is we humble ourselves. It shouldn't be called prayer. It should be humble. In other words, I neutralize myself so I can be a better service to the power that's keeping me alive and then that power I can help others amen I wouldn't be here talking right now if it wasn't for neutralizing myself and which is prayer which is humbleness neutralize yourself especially on the grass or the dirt with your knees act like you're gardening but you're out there doing your prayers amen that's the best way to neutralize ourselves and getting vitamin D and sunshine and breathing, breathing deeply. All right, moving right along. It's going to be a long reading. I can tell thank you that Proverbs 11, chapter verse three, the integrity of the upright will guide them. Isn't that interesting that they didn't have numbers before when they wrote this? Sounds to me like if you ground yourself then you'll, you'll be upright and integrity will guide us, which is the wisdom of the Lord. Sounds good to me, don't it? But the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. What's perversity? I was trying to sheet in my unemployment once. I kept working and I didn't tell unemployment. When I needed unemployment, they fined me 10 weeks. They, they taught me a lesson not to mess with Cheat, cheating. Okay, the righteousness of the blameless will direct his way. That's verse 5. But the wicked fall by his own wickedness. Verse 4, I jumped one. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Amen. Verse 6, the righteousness of the upright will deliver them. 
but the unfaithful will be taken by their own lust. Isn't that interesting that all of a sudden we go from uh, prayer to getting on our knees to humbleness and then integrity, and now we become righteous because we're doing right things. We're not missing the mark. We're praying. We're worshiping the Lord in the morning, praising Him and thanking Him, gratitude list. Then we get on our knees and say, Three are fathers. We, we, we say Psalm 23, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. We pray for others. We get ourselves a good dose of prayer. And then we bless ourselves. I said, The Lord bless you, Fernando. The Lord keep you and make his face shine upon you. Amen. So now I stand up and I'm most likely to do right. Aren't we most likely to do right? So then we become righteous. The righteous of the upright will deliver them. Verse 7, when a wicked man dies, his expectations will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. I love that. The righteous is delivered from trouble. You know, we are going to get in trouble and bump heads and do things, but thank God that we get we get rewarded for trying. We're God's kids. We're the king's kids. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be taken by their own lust. When a wicked man dies, his expectations will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. Excuse me. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. Amen. How do you hide from strifes of time, people talking to you? Well, you put on Jesus, say yes to Jesus, and through knowledge the righteous will be. What's knowledge? Singing songs, praising the Lord, blessing your neighbor, blessing them all around you, so make sure that their daggers or words don't come and hit you. You, you are protecting yourself through knowledge. How does God work? You know, how does God work? He works by us blessing others. That's how He works. We throw blessings at others, and then they come right back to us. They can't, they can't touch us. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, verse 10. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting, rejoicing. Verse 11 by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. See how strong the mouth of the wicked can be? He can overthrow a city, the mouth of the wicked. <clears throat> but by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. <clears throat> put your, put that in your tea and drink it. Got a hard to put your mind around this verse. By the blessing of the upright... This city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So don't agree with people that are cutting down um, the city and all that stuff. You know why? Well, for one, how hard is it to run your family? How hard would it be to run a, uh, a city, a country? Maybe we should pray for them, for righteous people. As the Bible says, 
He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. There it is, folks, verse 12. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor. That's the only way he knows how to respond. He can't devoid. Wow, what a word, huh? But a man of understanding holds his peace. That's who we want to be. We want to be men and women of understanding. A talebearer reveals secret, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Don't gossip, folks. A tale, don't be a talebearer. Hold on. Talk about something else. Football. Talk about something else, but make sure that you have something in store that you will talk and, and not talk the, uh, the truth of the people. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I always consider that to be a, uh, a coffee with the 12-step individuals, wisdom, older guys. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer for it. But the one who hates being surety is secure. No debt. 16. A gracious woman retains honor, but rootless men retain riches. The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. The wicked man does deceptive work, but to him who sows righteousness will be a sure reward. Verse 19, as righteousness leads to life, so he who pursues evil pursues it to his own death, hell. And those who are of a perverted heart are an abomination to the Lord. But such are as blameless in their ways are his delight. Amen. Verse 21, though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished. But the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. 22. As a ring of gold in a pig's nose, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. In other words, the, the imagination of the righteous is always good and joyful. But the expectations of the wicked is always violence and chaos. Verse 24. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Wow. In other words, one who holds more than is right. So there is rightness in saving. In, in uh, I don't know. <laughs> Where move on here, verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Beautiful. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessings will be on the head of him who sells it. <clears throat> he who diligently seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. He who diligently seeks good finds favor. How do we diligently seek good? 
by diligently neutralizing ourselves on our knees and saying the Our Father. And we are seeking good. Amen. What does the Lord require of us to do good? Uh, to do right. Yeah, what does the Lord require of me but to do good? Where is that scripture? Hang on. Oh, this is this is how it goes. It says, the Lord has told you what is good. In other words, the Lord has given us a key to success here. He's given us an insight into how he works. In Micah 6, 8, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8. Here you go, folks. What is good? You know, I want to be where good is. I don't want to be where best is. Good, God says, what is good? In other words, how to live a good life, to do what's right, righteousness, to love mercy, give people the benefit of the doubt, to walk humbly with your God. Yesterday, I was meditating on this scripture, and I got a frantic call and a text from a lady said, her boyfriend's drunk inside the house again, and he's throwing up. And I text her this, and I've been telling her, you got to thank and praise the Lord for him just the way he is. So he can make you upright, he can make you wise, he can make you strong. Because that guy doesn't have a key to your house. You let him in for one reason or another, and it's gotten too bad. Now you're throwing your hands up. You have to do what the Lord says. This is what He requires of us in order for us to have a good existence. To to do what righteous people do. Now we have the power to do right. That's one of the good things about being a Christian and being born again. We have the power to act on righteousness. We have the power to love mercy because Jesus has given us His His love and His heart. And we have the power and strength to walk humbly with our God. It's not to take the credit for the things done, but praise God and and respect Him. Amen, folks. Boy, we're diving deep this morning. Amen. Let's move on. Verse 27. Again, he who diligently seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Well, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Ha ha ha. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Amen. If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, <clears throat> excuse me, how much more the wicked and the sinner. Amen. We're going to be righteously recompensed. And we are. Amen. All right. Psalms 11. I didn't mean for this to be that long, but oh well. Psalms 11 says, 
In the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? <clears throat> the Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, His eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the ones who love violence His soul hates. Upon the wicked He will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous, he loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. His countenance beholds the upright. All right, folks, we, uh, we need to treat our souls good, so then we won't be discouraged, we won't be content. We've got to respect our souls too. And uh, happiness produces righteousness. It says that the Lord will test us. Our job is to be obedient with Micah 6.8. The Lord has told us what is good, and this is what He requires of us, to do what is right, acts of righteousness, to love mercy, give people the benefit of the doubt, pray for them, and to walk humbly with your God, to go back to our power plant and humble ourselves. Ask God for His strength for today, that we need His help on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, and lift up His counts and give you peace. Establish you in every which way. Amen. Have a great day, family.